Hello world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world, and welcome to the show, Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. I am your host, Shelley Shearer, and I am thrilled to have you join us today. Well, I'd like to welcome some new listeners. We have new listeners from Switzerland and Australia joining us, and I greatly appreciate you finding me on whatever platform you found me on, and I hope you'll uh, stick around and join us on in this ongoing journey of thoughts and lessons and teachings and not living in regret. That is sort of my focus in life. I have had a life of much experience, and unfortunately, when I was quite younger, much regret. But you know what? You have to come to a point in your life where you say, you know, mistakes were made. What did I learn? And move forward. Because really, that's the most important thing I think in life is just learning the lesson, becoming aware. And of course, for me, having spectacular friends and family around you that uh, you can love and they can love you and support you in all things that you do. So that is a, a big focus for me. Now, I did a podcast earlier in the week on my cruise that I just went on, on Royal Caribbean's uh, largest boat on the water. Well, it was until the Harmony was just launched this last month. Uh, Oasis of the Sea, 6,100-person boat with over 2,000 staff members. Yes, one staff member for every three people. It was quite amazing. Uh, It's not for everybody. Actually, it is for everybody. Let me rephrase that. It is perhaps not the number one answer to everyone that is a huge foodie and looking for that formal type thing. But you know what? It definitely had a fabulous cross uh, reference of people and age brackets. And I really did appreciate that, which was great fun. Just met some amazing people. So speaking of meeting amazing people, it is uh, still uh, baffling to me and a little bit hysterical uh, because I just laugh at myself that no matter where I go, I seem to have a sign on my face that says, ask me questions about something in life. And sure enough, uh, it happened again on this trip. And actually what I want to talk about today is just kind of how we get into a reset and how who we are and what we do most of the time is a good habit is usually who we are. And those exceptions are not necessarily our core. So for instance, it always stuns me when people come to me for uh, advice and I just think, why me? But I get chatting with people and there must be something about what I say because people just keep asking questions. Complete strangers, I'm by the pool and this woman literally got out a notebook. She was having some problems with a bit of mental clarity and she was uh, in her 50s. Yeah, she was a very, very healthy and, and fit, good-looking 50, 50-ish woman. and But she was struggling with a few things. I'm not wearing a sign, living well with Shell, health coach. But for some reason, these things just come up in conversation. And then the questioning begins. And it's my thrill. It really is my thrill just to help. And again, it happened again a few days later. And it just makes me laugh. And then I come home and I go see a client the other day. And she wants to know all about the cruise ship. And she's looking right at me going you know, are you in sales for this cruise ship? If I'm enthusiastic about enthusiastic about something, I just have to tell you all about it. It's just part of the gift of knowledge and uh, what else or in service, I guess. And I just, you know, I just want to make sure that if I know it, you know it. That way, you know what? You know, because in being in the know really is the best thing. So I was pretty excited today to get back on the scale and realize, you know what? I've been home for five days. My weight's reset within a, a pound of when I left. 
And I ate and drank, you know, outside of my normal habits for those 10 days. Certainly more sugar got into my diet, more fat than normal because you're on a cruise ship and let's face it, they're not scrimping on anything they're coating the food with. Everything's sort of dripping in oil. It's um, of one form or another. It doesn't make it all bad. It's just, you know, I just, I eat a lot cleaner and a, and a little leaner when I'm home. But all it took was me being home for three or four days, getting back on my cycle and my body just resets itself. So let's talk about that because this is very important in your life, in your business and in your health. I've spoken before in the fact that what we do 80% of the time is a good habit. And this year has certainly been probably my strongest and most uh, definitive proof of that. I think I spoke a, a bit ago on the fact that this past year, <clears throat> I have lost another couple of pounds because my hip was quite hurting. And I really do find now that if I can maintain my weight, not for vanity reasons, I need to do it for health reasons, I'm usually in less flare, in less arthritic pain, I have less inflammation. My life is just has a way better quality about it. So very, very different from my 30s when it was all just about how I looked. I mean, the bottom line is I liked looking cut from working out. I liked being slim. I liked dressing well. Well, you know what? That never goes away. Whatever part of your personality stays, it stays with you for most of your life. I am definitely more aligned as a person now. I really found that when I was younger, uh, only because I'm older, looking back, I didn't realize it when I was younger, that image was so important to me. I recognized it, but didn't truly acknowledge it for all that it was worth. So that image I put out to the world was the image was more important than being my true self. Whereas now my true self is most important and I appreciate the image. So I think if you, you know, <clears throat> if you were interested in cruising at all and you listened to my last podcast, I talked about how disappointed I was that people didn't dress for dinner because that's one of my thrills. It, Keith and I love to go to Vegas and used to, and used to do it a lot for almost a decade. And that's sort of, uh, that phase or time in our life has maybe is gone sideways a little bit. We have other things we want to do. We like to do now, but for a lot of years that we loved that. And that was my time to dress up and be girly girly for, for a week or whatever. And Keith just played along with that for me because he knows I love to do that. Well, <clears throat> getting on the cruise ship, that's, I was kind of hoping the same would apply. Not so much. So that's fine. I'm aware of that now. And the formal nights in the dining room, I'm still going to dress to me. But that doesn't mean that I'm one, not presenting my true self out to the world because actually that is who I am. I have a high degree of formality. Uh, it's part of being a control freak. It usually tends to go hand in hand, not always, but it does tend to. And secondly, I was just thrilled to see so many across people of so many types of people, age groups, families, singles, all of it, elderly. That was a lovely mixing pot of people. And I really appreciated that and I enjoyed it. So you know what? The compromise was I don't have a boat of 1,500 people that are all dressed to the nines every night. So knowing, understanding yourself, that's very important. But putting your, your true self forward is very important. So this past year and understanding sometimes my need in the past for image my complete obsession around in some ways food always you know the dieting and the weight and that has just gone away now if I want it I eat it if I know it's going to make me sick I don't so when I say I, I eat what I want I do but I don't eat what's going to make me sick okay I want a fabulous quality of life so I ensure that you know that's that I'm supporting that decision. So really that's actually a very good point it's it's the decision I made the decision 
to say, okay, I've got fibromyalgia. I am getting older. Memory and Alzheimer's, dementia things run in my family genetically. So how am I going to beat those odds? How am I going to live to the best of my ability? When you make choices like that, whether it's in your business or your health or your marriage and your family, your children, that decision starts driving the behavior. Willpower only can take us so far. So whereas I have fluctuated in my weight by about 20 pounds, I'm only about five foot four. So, you know, 140 to 160 on someone my height, that's two dress sizes and it's significant. Also, I'm usually having to, well, I guess I say drink a lot, but for me, I used to make the joke, I like to drink my sugar. So I don't eat a lot of sweets. They're nothing I crave. They're not my weakness. Give me cheese, give me savory, anything like that. And unfortunately, I can just turn into a, to a mad hatter. But um, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's that, not the sweets. But I was a huge winophile and, and cocktails and things. And I, like I said, I drink my sugar. Those things really maintained my weight. Well, they also maintain a very high level of inflammation in the body. So when you've made the decision that that's, those aren't the choices you're going to make, you're now not looking at everything in your life to say, oh, I'm denying myself or I'm not doing this or I'm not doing... You don't because I'm happy with my choices and those choices make things so much easier. So hence, I've just been on a 10-day vacation where normally half a pound a day, it's very easy for me to gain that. That just didn't happen scale was up five pounds when I came home it's back down five days later to just being a pound heavier yay team business works the same way if you can maintain oh and just to back to the weight thing just from from a health perspective when you maintain for long periods of time and aren't fluctuating all the time your body resets faster fat cells take one year to shrink after weight loss so just kind of be aware of that and once they're shrunk it really takes a lot to, to fill them back up again. But when they're empty, you may be skinny, but if the fat cells are still enlarged, but they're empty, it takes nothing to fill those up again. You might as well just be pumping the gas right into them or the fat in this, in this particular case, okay? So that's just a bit of a scientific fact that you just need to be aware of. So the less you fluctuate, the more longer you can maintain, the easier it will be in the long run. So for me, my weight just is no longer an issue. I speak about it to help you, but for me... I do not struggle with this issue anymore. It's been going on three years now. I cannot believe the freedom I have in my life from all the, what I consider denying myself for so many years or cheating. None of it's that anymore. On the weekends, I have it if I want it. And during the week, I eat to support a healthy brain and a healthy body and lack of inflammation and the decisions are easy. So maintaining that for over a year now, this, this 140 weight that I carry, uh, that is now kind of a set point for me. The body wants to keep resetting to that point. That is a good thing. Your business can operate very similarly. So can your, your, your home life. There's just certain things. Because if you continue on a path that's how you tend to be, things can reset. Now, I am going to speak about business just for a minute because it's been on my mind being back for this f five or six days. And of course, my week was crazy being sick for so long before the cruise. I was way behind. I've got clients just lined up right now with questions and I've got my coursework. I've just, I'm a little bit overwhelmed, but it's all good. Uh, I'm in a good space mentally and physically right now, so I, I, I don't mind. And Christmas is coming, my favorite season. And let's face it, I might as well tell you all, tomorrow's my granddaughter day and it's off to Disney on ice. So again, pretty happy in my world right now, I have to say. But your business can do the same thing. And I look back on my 26 years of owning Genesis Financial. 
I think I, I believe I've spoken on this before. We talk about the law of attraction. I have a f- fairly strong ability to trust, trust in the universe, trust in God Almighty, trust in my own abilities that God has blessed me with. I have never been without work. If I want to work, I work. It's just always been that way. And it'd be silly of me, especially at this point in my life, to start doubting that, which I did a couple of years ago when I got sick. There was a lot of doubt, a lot of anger. I've talked about that in the past. Not quite the point of this podcast. But just just know that, you know, you will go through these struggles over and over. Uh, that's just life, unfortunately. Nothing's truly ever solved or, or fixed. It's just an ongoing process. But those dips and valleys, you become more used to them and they become smoother. They don't, the highs are not as high, the lows are not as low. So my business tends to, to kind of function on a fairly steady path. And most people's lives are like this, barring there's lots of things that can fail a business or cause incredible growth or flatline. But if you are doing all the right things and your tendency is to have a, you know, your business is doing a certain a certain business, you've made certain contacts, trust that when bad things happen and there has been a dip or you've been hit sideways or sideswiped with something in your business, cash flow becomes a little tough. This works in our own personal life as well. Do what you can do to tighten those reins, learn from the experience and get back on the track that makes you successful. So this is really speaking to those people that have a perhaps more of a longevity in in their certain areas of their life, like for me, health and wellness, my business, my marriage. These are things that have not been going on short-term. They've been going on long-term in my life. But if you were younger listening to my podcast, put this in the back of your mind because it's very hard when you're younger. At least it was for me. I did think ahead. I definitely was a planner. I have a course. I'm a control freak. But you just think you've got forever for starters. And I can't say that I had the wisdom I had then that I have now and could see the long term. And because I hadn't had enough dips and valleys in my 20s, I couldn't see the pattern. Well, I I can so clearly see the 30-year pattern now at my age. So all I'm asking you to do, do again is be aware and just be conscious of what's going on in your life. Look back at the time you have had if you're younger that's going to be a shorter time of period than perhaps someone my age demographic or older and start looking for your patterns. If they're good patterns, stick with them, strengthen them, stand on that knowledge. If you've got some bad things, you just, if you are one of those people, it's like, it never works out for me, blah, blah, blah. You need to change that way of thinking. You need to start attracting better things in your life. Now that could mean a lot of things for you. That could mean coaching. That could mean getting the right health professionals. That could mean changing what you are doing for a living. That could mean changing your relationship. It's hard to say what that might be for you. You need to be aware of the positives, what works for you and the negatives, what's not. Because remember the only common denominator in your life is you. You are the constant. So if everything, if you're constantly pushing outwards going, it's always happening to me, remember that you're at the center of that comment. So what are you doing to attract that to your life? What are you doing? What are you putting out there to other people that's not getting you the reaction you want back? One of my favorite stories was uh, listening to Dr. Bradley Nelson. He does uh, healing work. And I just, I literally, I just laughed my butt off because honestly it was my mother. And uh, I was just looking at her going, looking, listening to this expression going, or the story going, oh my gosh, my poor mom. My mom tries, she goes out into the world, but she just puts off 
prickliness, okay? My mother is not touchy-feely, approachable. Most people, her nickname is the Dragon Lady, okay? She is just not one of those people that people just want to know. My dad, absolutely. But she is a good person in her heart. She is completely unaware of her behavior. She's completely unaware of what she puts out to the world. And the story that Dr. Bradley was talking about was he speaks about heart walls and how, you know, you've been hurt, things go on in your life, and we start building protection. It is completely human nature when you watch movies about psychological psyches and, and breaking someone through torture or psychological warfare, things like that. Our psyches, our subconscious, they are very easy to manipulate in a lot of ways when you really think about it, how easy it can happen, how we are shaped by things happening when we're younger, how those things hurt us, how we start looking at the world through a different filter, and those filters start building up from the time we're born. Every experience in life is a reference point or a filter or the framework to which we look at the world through. I love looking through the world through rose-colored glasses, okay? I'm sorry I do. I'm really struggling right now with watching that show, uh, The Walking Dead, with my husband. This season has me upset. I watch the show and I literally, my chest is heavy, I'm upset. There's a lot of um, injustice going on, brutality, and no one's fighting back. I just, I cannot watch movies on injustice. I've never even watched Schindler's List. I just, I'm not ignorant. I know about history. I just cannot have it in my face like that. And I really do struggle with injustice. Nobody has the right to step on another person, to hurt them, to think they're better than them in any way, shape, or form. It is one of my fundamental beliefs and which is pretty bizarre coming out of a really strict Christian household that I actually am that open-minded because that's not how I was raised. Just grateful that I do feel that way. And so I struggle with that kind of stuff. And I'm telling him, I told my husband, if they don't start fighting back and writing all, getting rid of this psycho that's in the show, I'm, I'm not watching the show anymore. And there I am and I storm off, have a cup of tea and read my book. <laughs> and he's laughing, but that's the way it is. So back to kind of how, what I was saying about my mom, Dr. Bradley was speaking about how people we build up you know, I taught, I went into a course years ago where we talked about filters. So I, uh, my terminology might, I use a number of terms. Maybe there's something in your life you can relate to. So the framework we look out to filters over what we see the world through that kind of like the screen door. You're standing at the back door of your house, your home, and you're looking through the screen door. And that screen are your life experiences, disappointments, expectations, all of that stuff. He talks about it like a heart wall. We want to give and receive love. It uh, is part of human nature. But things happen to us and we start building a hard wall around our heart to protect us our, from being hurt from the world. So this is what it looks like. This is the description he used and hopefully you can be visual with me. Just picture Aliens, the movie, okay, with that <coughs> coming out of the chest. So he's like, I had this client that was looking for love. He's using this example and she's going out there, you know, putting out that to men and they are running for the hills because what she didn't realize was although inside of her little heart that's all warm and fuzzy and there's a little bunny in there by the time that bunny got through the concrete heart wall that she had built around herself for so many years of hurt disappointment a bad divorce losing a job losing her parents at a young age this woman had been through a lot of tragedy her heart wall on, when, it, when that little creature got outside of her chest, we're talking metaphorically here, okay, and is out touching the world, it's that alien. It's ah! with its, like, its little teeth all jarred out there and the eyes bugging out and it's going to eat you. 
So in her, in her mind, in her body, like what's way deep inside is something warm and fuzzy. What's coming out to the world is something, you know, I'm going to eat you alive. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of how my mom is. Her exterior, what she puts out there is sarcastic, judgmental, and snasty most of the time. She's barely can be civil to someone checking her out at the grocery store. She just can't help herself. Some smart ass comment comes off her mouth, something sarcastic, something demeaning. She literally cannot help herself. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> she tells me right to my face that my sister is more important than I am and things like that. She has no clue what she is saying. She doesn't even mean to hurt me. She simply is so unaware as a human being that she has no clue. And if she does, well, then she'd be a really nasty person. And I choose not to believe that because I truly don't believe my mom's evil. She's just uh, got one hell of a heart wall. And uh, through her experiences of her youth, because my family's this generation is a complete mirror of her generation. We are a, we are a complete rerun of the Jenkins Yeomans upbringing of my mother's house and what goes on in the Price Yeoman's house, that's sort of what's her main name, that goes on now. One, two generations, exactly the same dynamics. History just repeats itself, people. It's just unfortunate that it does. So the question is, do we want to let it do that? Or do we want to find a better way and get our own reset points? Because when you choose, which I have in my life, not to buy into that. So I separated myself from my family many years ago in a lot of emotional ways so that I could thrive because that was toxic for me. And it was interesting. I saw something on Facebook by someone the other day. They were talking about or were putting it out to their to the to their friends saying, you know, is when you've tried as hard as you can and something in someone in your family is just toxic and really crushing you, is it okay to walk away from that relationship? Now, there are a lot of answers to that. I usually, right out of the gate, suggest seeking a professional. You need to talk to someone, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you know, a counselor, someone. You need to be able to talk and vent and get positive, negative, objective feedback. But yes, when something is truly toxic, you, you have the right to leave it. I would never have survived my life if I had not separated myself from my family. And I do not put this on my parents in any way, shape, or form, but our dynamics was such that the depression and the hurt that was constantly being uh, dumped and caused in that relationship, I don't think I would have survived. I think they're just, you know, I've had, I've struggled with depression in my life. I struggled in my life and I, I wouldn't have been the successful person I am today or the happy person that I am today because I wasn't back then. It was a constant battle. When I removed those dynamics, my life was free free to see the world as it was, not through the filter of my mom's bitterness, not through that judgment, and certainly not through that, what makes you think you can do it or you deserve it. Well, you know what? I believe we all can do anything and we all deserve it. We deserve. I'm sorry. I just, I truly believe that. So when people are telling you, you can't do something, or maybe you don't deserve it, please consider the source for my mom's situation, and I, I didn't really mean to pick on her today, but she's just such a, there's no point in me having this experience in this life and relationship with her if I cannot share it and you learn from it. Maybe you can see something of your own family in this situation, but that awareness is really what I'm trying to drive here, not hacking away at my mom, okay, in any way, shape, or form. It's simply that these, this is the dynamic. Anyone that knows my family knows this dynamic. They can see it instantaneously. The attitudes are clear. They're black and white. The behavior speaks for itself. So I'm really not saying anything that anybody in my life wouldn't agree with. But if you could look at your life and say, you know, 
Is that a filter that you are being given from someone else? And remember, those people could just be jealous. I don't think my mom had the life she would have wanted. She was treated in her family as she treats me, like a second-class citizen. Everything was about her younger sister. And so she's repeated that behavior. She also comes from a generation of the 1950s housewife. My mom is very bright and I truly believe, and a definite, I mean, she's a passive aggressive controller, but still she has controlling tendencies and she's very bright. She would have easily in this generation have was, been in the workforce and probably been in middle or upper management. That is how she is wired. And those opportunities were not given to her. She was just a woman. So she did secretarial work and there was a stay-at-home mom. And she was brilliant at the stay-at-home mom thing. My mom's a great cook. She could sew. Um, those types of physical needs were all met for me in a huge way. She was always beautiful, well-dressed, well-groomed. She did my father proud. Now, those are things that if you said to a woman today in her 20s, she'd be like, it's not my job to make my husband look good. Or our attitudes have changed, our equality I still like to look good for my husband. I like to look, but I like to look good for myself. I do not just do it for him. Please make sure that your your motivations are clear. And let's face it, if you do do something for your husband, like me, when I wear red or I bought a red car, I do do that for him. And that, but that makes me happy. I don't feel that I have subjugated myself. It makes me happy to make him happy. So don't lose sight of one or the other. There's there's a place for both. But be aware, be aware of what you're bringing from the past, how you're looking at the world. And if you're not getting the reaction from people that you're looking for, think about perhaps healing some of the stuff that's going on in your life or has happened in your life and see if you can find a little resolution so that that warm and fuzzy bunny that you feel on the insides coming in and the outside. Now, I really got on a tangent there about the personal stuff and I'm not even positive I finished my full thought on that one with my mom, but uh, that was the example Dr. Bradley had used. And I was talking about your business life as well and your health, but I truly believe they're just all sort of combined. I'm finding all of these areas of my life now are just finding their own balance and their own pace, their own awareness, and it does come with age. So if anybody that's younger listening to this podcast can learn from this, then my seriously my work is done because when I look at my 29 year old son and how far he has come from when he was 22 I mean it's a lifetime and how accepting and aware he is that I was not at my late 20s my awareness started coming in my mid 30s he is almost a decade ahead of me in a lot of that area and it's because he's allowed me to mentor him he's a, he's spoken to me he has been open we have had disagreements we share And that is an amazing gift for both mother and son, I have to say. If you can have that type of relationship in your marriage with your children, with your employees or with your boss, and with your relationship with the world at large, with food, with your money, with your home, that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. You are growing, you're moving forward. Remember, there's no destination. There's only the journey. There's only the journey, even past this life, still a journey. So if you can, I'm doing a lot of sewing today, aren't I? Again, I apologize. Just a lot of my mind today. And I guess I just needed to get some of it out and share it with you. I usually don't ignore these messages when the universe is in my brain that strong. It's like, okay, go tell the world. Someone out there needs to hear this message today. I hope you all have a great day. I'm off to yoga. Again, back to the things that I do, my little simple 
types of uh, maintenance that keep my life working and so that when I do step off the boat for 10 days and literally live the high life or you know do whatever I do I recover quickly and I get back to my routines and my life is a very happy healthy place all right take care everyone and I'll catch you on the flip side thank you for joining me here today and if you subscribe to my podcast you won't miss a thing Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you liked best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.